All right, welcome again to the Zenfulness Podcast. Uh, today I have another guest, another one, and his name is Jackie. He's an awesome guy, and I'm going to let him introduce a little bit about himself. And today we're going to be talking about psychology, uh, some more mindset stuff, people, social media, and we'll probably keep the conversation really open and see where it takes us. So here's Jackie. Yeah, so my name is Jackie Tang, and uh, I'm doing a degree in computer science right now. I also play music, and uh, this is my second degree, so I did a degree in psychology the first time around. Not the best career move, uh, but uh, computer science actually is a good fit for me because I can combine my psychology into it a little bit. Yeah. So I guess the first question is, how do you think computer science and psychology mesh? Okay, um, so right now I'm taking a course called HCI, which is Human-Computer Interactions. And I actually didn't know this was like a field that existed before I took the class. Um, but it's basically people, like researchers in computer science testing how, how humans uh, can use computing interfaces. And that might seem kind of stupid or whatever, but you just type on a computer, right? Mm-hmm. But we're talking about things like touchscreen and like AR and VR and uh, even like motion gestures or how people will interact with robots or um, self-driving cars and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like a way of kind of blending the two together, the two worlds together, yeah. So do you think with like this whole technology rush and this advancement, Mm -hmm. do you think technology is something that's bringing humans together or do you think it's spread, like driving wedges between people? Like Uh, I noticed, um, mm -hmm. especially with like because back in the day with no cell phones and no texting, you, right. like if you wanted to meet someone, you had to go up and like talk to them, right. you know, say yeah. hi. But nowadays, for I guess for what I've noticed for me, it's like mm-hmm. everyone's on their phones, everyone's texting. People don't really like say hi to each other. Like it's really random. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's actually a good point that you make because like when uh, like I started using dating apps and it was like yeah, it's weird that like you're just <laughs> staring at people's pictures and like I, yeah, it's, it doesn't that feel weird? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> and then I like message back and forth and I don't even see half of them. <laughs> And it's just like this weird, bizarre kind of world. Um, but the way I would answer that is like, it's sort of a bit of both. It's like a paradox. So it's, it's bringing people together because it, like, that's just what the internet does, right? Like strangers will, like I'm, I'm doing a secret Santa for Reddit, which is like, I'm sending a gift to someone uh, in Romania and like I get a random gift from someone else from somewhere in the world. And like, how does oh, that dude, happen? That's crazy. Right? <laughs> uh, so it brings people together and, and like through social media and like, there's like certain social movements as well but at the same time it's creating these like filters filter bubbles is what they call them um and this is what happened on facebook which is people only talk to people that they know online and they all share the same information with one another so it echoes around and so they don't get exposed to other people's point of views anymore uh, that they normally would in the real world. So it's actually splitting people apart in that sense. So it's kind of doing a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I've noticed that too with like a lot of movements going on, or especially because the on, like when you're on online, there's so much that is there and there's no like filter, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's no, like you, 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 like that's why I really think you have to be careful what you're looking at. You have to be careful what you're viewing there because you never know you get too far down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you feel like you, you, you don't know where you, like how how do you even get there yeah right and so yeah like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I, like I'm, I'm a big reddit user right so like reddit has a certain audience and then like that's the people that i inter- interact with right and then uh 
yeah, like you don't get exposed to other people who you don't use the same sites. Whereas mm. one of the things I learned about was like in the old days, you know, there's like literally like two newspapers and like three news channels or whatever. So then everybody got the same information. But now it's like we kind of cherry pick our little, yeah. Okay, so Jackie's taking a psychology degree and I always love, I really like psychology. I've read a lot of psychology books. Um, people like Victory Frankel. I know Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, mm-hmm. uh, Carl Jung, of course. Yeah. I even follow Trump Pearson, but okay. I, I want to get your opinion on it. Like, at finishing your degree uh-huh. in the end, yeah. what fields of psychology do you enjoy the most? Um, I would say like some of the narrow stuff is interesting, but it's like a little bit too bio for me. Um, so what I liked was cognitive psychology, and what that means is like. Um, they sort of figure out how your senses work and how you perceive the world and they're trying to figure out that kind of stuff. Um, So some examples are like there's one famous one called the invisible gorilla Mm -hmm. which is like they there's this video that they show people of these kids passing a ball back and forth and they tell people to count how many times the ball gets passed back and forth but then the surprise is in the middle of the video, a guy in a gorilla suit actually walks into the middle of the frame and like kind of like beats his chest and then walks off. But half of the people will miss it because they're so focused on counting the balls pass back and forth. But you think something that stands up like that. Oh, you would see. You would see, you right? It. But it's, it's called perceptual blindness. So like yeah. you're so focused on one thing to look you're like you're looking for one thing that you you're blind to everything else that you're not looking for. Mm, and I've noticed that too with like with our reticular activation system. It's like this part of our brain, like let's say you want to learn how to play guitar, mm-hmm. right? And you and you love guitar and you really like you can pick it up really fast and you can learn it really quick. But when you go do math, mm-hmm. you like you can't learn math. Like all the equations seem hard to you and difficult. Part of that is actually like your reticular activation system in your brain. Okay. Is like focusing you to learn the things that you want to focus on yeah. and then blocking everything out. Oh, because okay. realistically, if like there's so much processes going out in every day in society yeah. that if your brain expanded and you saw all of it, you would literally go crazy. Yeah, like yeah, if you picked yeah. up everything like that, you'd go crazy. So the brain, what it's like doing is like filtering, mm-hmm. uh, filtering our mind to focus on specific things. Yeah. And then that way we can like learn them faster. Yeah. It's really interesting that you brought that up because it's true, like, we, the, one, the, what, one of the terms that they use is called the sea of information. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we look at all the raw information that we get, it's just way too much. Like, we have to, like, say in a, a party or something and you're trying to, like, listen to your friends chat, there's all this other noise going on in the background. There's, like, ten other conversations. There's, like, music and whatever, right? But you're trying to focus only on the people around you. And that's what we do all the time is, like, we take these signals and we focus down on the things that we think are important at the time. Um, yeah, so we like we kind of like always have this filter going on of like what do we want to pay attention to, um, and we always like I think it's like a myth that I'm, I would like to break mm-hmm. is that a lot of people think that our brains are basically like a camera and we're recording things, but we're not. We're actually more like a computer that's like interpreting the information that's coming in. Uh, oh, and okay. all of our memories yeah and all of our memories and like what we're seeing and stuff is just a fragment of what's actually going on so have you heard of things like the law of attraction or the idea that if you focus on something then you'll kind of move mm-hmm. towards that direction because in a sense it kind of works like let's say you want to like focus on 
getting better at like playing a video game, right? The sure. more time you focus on it, the better you'll become. Like I don't know if you heard about like the law of attraction books or the, like the secret. They always say like <laughs> you'll get what you focus on. It's yeah. like a big like self help thing. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah, um, but what are your thoughts on that? Like, um, I think it's probably something else, um, but like that's one way of interpreting it. Uh, I I see it as it's called something called selection bias, which is like we pay attention to things. Like again, we're filtering, so we pay attention to the things that we want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying like um, you want to, I don't know, like start a band or something. Like I say, I want to start a band, and then I'm like kind of on the lookout for people who might be interested in playing music with me. So then, because I'm always like on the lookout, then when they're here, then the opportunity comes. I can take advantage of it. Um, whereas if I wasn't looking for it. Then I would have just probably not talked to them, and like they would have passed me by, and I would have just sat there like like normal and <laughs> yeah. been quiet all by myself, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's like a little bit of that, and then uh, another like specific version of selection bias is called survivorship bias. Oh, okay. Which is Wait, like so what's that called? Survivor. Uh, survivor bias or survivorship bias or something something along that lines, um, and that's like when we like say with big companies or something we're like oh yeah Facebook made it big like then then any startup can make it big in university mm-hmm. but then we forget that for every Facebook there's like probably hundreds of other like social networks or something before it that probably failed at some point yeah uh, so then we'd like pay attention just to the ones that made it and succeeded so I kind of think like this law of attraction maybe falls along the same lines which is like we're a little bit cherry picking the success stories and like ignoring all the hard work and the failures that sometimes happen along the way. Yeah. And I think like the idea is like the law of attraction, it almost makes it easier. Right. So like, let's say you have a startup or this thing you want to grow or like for me, like growing this new blog, Mm -hmm. if I focused on, okay, this podcast would never like, it would never grow into a podcast. That's like Mm -hmm. getting people would listen to and I'd never have like, any subscribers here and weekly like comments and stuff like that, then yeah. I probably wouldn't start even posting. Mm-hmm. Right. But if I like envision like, Oh, okay. Like I think this podcast could work. I think yeah. I, I have like, I think a year from now, if I keep posting, there could be like an audience here and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I think that's like the law of attraction. It's like okay. kind of visualizing what you want and then like reverse engineering it backwards. Yeah. I totally like, get that. Take, like, Cause you know, in programming the idea of like back propagation. Going along with what you were saying before, which is like, um, that it's it's about goal planning and mm-hmm. I do think like to to kind of do a startup or something entrepreneurial or like starting some sort of venture or something even like again music or arts or something or writing a book like you kind of do have to have this sort of unwavering optimism yeah because it almost makes it too hard you right know, like that's the thing like I feel like nowadays like Startups, like startups are hard. Like I, I tried to make a startup when I was like nineteen. It was like <laughs> yeah. I actually did not know what I was doing. And yeah, like it was it was brutal. I didn't even last like <laughs> six months. And then I tried. Like I so it's it's just sort of like pursuing things. Yeah, and startups are difficult. Like you have to. It's um, like I just met somebody from a, a consulting event, and they they talked about independent consultants because there's like two different types apparently, and the independent ones are the ones who are experts in something and they offer their services to other businesses to help them solve their problems. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you're a consultant, you're basically an entrepreneur because you have to promote yourself. You have to network with all of the businesses that might need your services and 
like pitch your uh, your expertise to them and like constantly network and try to sell yourself basically and uh, you you live like contract to contract so if you can't find contracts then the gap is on you like you have to push yourself mm-hmm. um, so I do think like it, it is difficult and she like the way she mentioned it is that people need a certain amount of she called it scrappiness or grit and like yeah like those are the kind of the words we use uh, but what it really boils down to is just like this constant persistence, right? Like regardless of whether things are working out or not, like you'll always like keep pushing and trying to find a way. Yeah, it's um, it's almost like that delusional persistence, and eventually, I think things will just like click. Like it just yeah, you're either you're either gonna die or you're gonna like make yeah. it work. <laughs> and I think like I know you said you failed like many startups, but the failures aren't like. I guess they fail for that venture itself, but the whole point is like to get the experience to do it better on the next one. Mm-hmm. And there's so many ventures that actually like didn't succeed the first time, uh, but they like kept trying, and then eventually they learned from all of their mistakes, and then so something worked out. Yeah, well, that was like Instagram actually. Like before, it's, it wasn't even a photo app to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I forget what type of app it was, but it was like something completely different. And then they noticed like people would just post photos on it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, we should make a photo app out of this. Right. And then they took, they made a huge pivot and then like rebranded it and launched it as Instagram. Yeah. But um, I guess for this next session, uh, oh, okay, crap. I guess for this next next, I uh, can't even speak. <laughs> So I guess what I want to ask you, Jackie, is why do you play music and okay. how did you start and why do you play? Um, so I actually started like over 10 years ago now. Um, and I actually don't know why I started, to be honest. Like I, I was in university the first time, so I was about you know, 19, 20, right? And I like, had a part-time job. And for some reason, I've always like wanted to play music. But my parents never really mentioned it and like nobody I knew around me played music and it was just something I guess inside of me I guess that that I wanted to do and so once I had some money I was like hey I should get a guitar and then like a couple of my other friends in university they also wanted to get a guitar too so like we just all went and bought a guitar together and that's how it started that's how I started playing music so like looking back how how do you because I met Jackie, for those of you that don't know, I met Jackie at the cafe that I work at, and he was singing, he was playing music, and he was, he was just killing it. And oh, afterwards, <laughs> afterwards, I, I, talk, I was talking to him, we met each other, but it's crazy to see how much he's developed, or like if for a guy who started at 19, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. like how, how do you think you got better? How did, how did you become this musician that you are today? Like how did you improve yourself at doing it? Uh, it's just like a constant practice but it's like again like I didn't play music continuously for like whatever 10 11 years I like played it on and off I played it like a lot when I first started and it was actually sad because I said I went and got guitars with two other friends Mm -hmm. but they basically stopped playing after a little while because like and I was the only one who kept going wait so would you say you kept going because you felt like you were talented or no I don't think it? I was talented oh okay <laughs> I just liked it I think and that was it like again like I said there was some sort of drive in me that wanted to play music so once I got it I was like really motivated to learn the chords and like learn songs and like I wanted to write songs uh, they're pretty terrible now in retrospect mm-hmm. um but yeah, it wasn't until like I started writing songs, I started playing open mics when I was actually in Edmonton with my ex-girlfriend. 
And oh, okay. I, so what was your first open mic experience like? <laughs> uh, it was at a little cafe. I think it was called Steeps uh, by White Ave, which is like the popular street on uh, yeah, Buc- yeah near uh, the University of Alberta. And they were like one of the only places that had an open mic nearby. So we went there and I was like super nervous. Like I just like sat there. I wasn't <laughs> even doing anything. I was like not like really listening or paying attention to anything. And then also like when I'm nervous, I had to like go to the washroom like right before it was my turn. And then I got up there and it was, uh, yeah, it was just like shaky a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously I don't think I did great, but I don't think it was as bad as I expected as it thought, to yeah. be too. And that was like a nice thing. Uh, so like when you did your first performance, did you just like feel all this relief of like, okay, now I can keep going at this. Oh, I actually I wasn't entirely sure. I just knew it wasn't terrible. Oh, okay. Uh, so it wasn't like a complete failure. Like I didn't completely bomb it. But I wanted to try some more to see if I could get better. And then, um, like, after I played, like, a few open mics. I actually didn't really do very many at that time. And I thought I was actually kind of bad at it after a while. Or maybe that's not a good way of putting it. But I thought it was, like, mediocre. Like I thought it was okay when Mm -hmm. I want it to be good Um, so I kind of like actually took a break from music for like a little while until recently and then I started uh, playing open mics pretty much every week since May holy Uh, and then that was like a huge transformation I realized that when I started doing it like regularly it made a huge difference so that's how you really improved in the last Mm -hmm. just doing it every single week yeah, I, I did like one to two open mics every week. Um, uh, yeah, well, the actual the reason behind it was like, because I was sort of like having problems with my girlfriend and we were separating. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted some other, I guess, outlet to put my time into. Um, yeah, so. And I, I think that's good too, because I know with a lot of people mm-hmm. and they have like, when dealing with like breakups or like separations mm-hmm. or just like different things in their lives, like I think you should never just like sit oh well, some people it depends on the person I guess some people like to like sit there and just like be all depressed and, no like, I don't think that's like, good yeah. I think like just doing something you know like yeah. creating something is such a good way to like just bounce back and to just like, move on and to just grow as a person yeah right? because when you think about it like let's say you go through a harsh breakup you have like all this like energy inside of you have like all right. like like it's like it's like for me I guess like I used to play a lot of video games. Right? I, used to, I used to play a lot of video games. Yeah. And then I realized, like, okay, instead of playing, like, a video game, why don't I just, like, turn this podcast to a video game? Like, this yeah. could be my video game. Yeah. Right? It's, like, it's the same, like, energy. It's the same, like, kind of... They're really similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I do get that. Yeah. And I think I get that from music, too. And one of the... I think before we started this, you were talking about, like, getting into a flow state, right? And I, I kind of, like, do believe in that which is um, just being in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and video games do that for you because you have a goal like, and you want to do it like right in front of you and it feels good when you like achieve it or whatever, you get those headshots and stuff, right? Yeah, and especially like nowadays, like for men, I know for video games appeal to a lot of men, like everything mm-hmm. you really want, it's like you want like the freedom, you want to like 
the achievement yeah. you want like the success and like those games yeah, the they, power yeah and then they, they really like feed into like psych, like human psychology like yeah. all that it's like okay you want to like mm-hmm. you get the level up you like slay the dragon you collect the points you like collect the gold there's like, yeah. a little economy system there you get those little bling yeah you get the stats <laughs> or you, you get the kill streak so you get yeah. this you always it's like a reward system yeah it is yeah and then I, I do think it's good to transform it though because with music it's kind of the same thing too like when I'm playing all I'm thinking about is playing the, the song that I'm in and like thinking about how I'm singing it and like how I'm strumming it and how it sounds and like the pace and stuff so I think it's like the benefits of that is you're, you're getting away from uh, what I call the predictive mind which is like that's kind of what makes us human is that we're so good at planning into the future mm-hmm. but if we plan too far much into the future like some of it's just unpredictable and and it gives us anxiety when it doesn't work out right? so it's good to like come back to the present whether it's through like doing a podcast like I'm not thinking about whatever the hell I have to do tomorrow or next yeah. week or something I'm just doing this right now um, or, or music or uh, I guess like one of the more popular things is like yoga or meditation right but I think they all do the same thing which is just just like shove you back into the present moment yeah and especially stuff. nowadays like it's so easy to get distracted like there's so much going on like, right let's get you outside there's like cars just your phone there's like you yeah. and there's like your family your friends like yeah. your job it's like all yeah. this noise it's how do you stay present it's such yeah and there's like you're thinking about the past the future the like what you're gonna eat tomorrow mm-hmm. what are you gonna do like when are you gonna sleep I'm hungry like yeah it's always like planning oh I gotta make lunch for tomorrow and then like should I do that and I gotta do my homework before this day and, <laughs> and all of that so sometimes it's just good to have those activities where you're just like in it um, yeah yeah and I think part of getting in flow or just getting present it's it's like repetitive motion so like I think when you're singing it's like that re- like that, rep- that repetition that's yeah, like over yeah. and over again and like it, it builds like a rhythm uh-huh. and then you kind of get sucked into that rhythm right. and then like you start to just focus on like I think that's why sounds I think are really good for, yeah. they say for presence uh-huh. I know with meditation one of the things that they always say is like okay just breathe in breathe out and just yeah, listen and to you like, on it. Yeah, listen or you to chant the sound too, of your some, breath. for yeah. some people they chant as well um, yeah it's like a good thing to do to just like be in in the present and uh, one like interesting fact this is like coming back to the psychology part is that uh, I watched a video on YouTube by Vox or something where they said that only humans understand music other animals don't really have it and they don't like they played it at different rhythms and different tempos and stuff and they like don't have that same response to it but for humans it's something about us understanding like the rhythm and like the repetition uh of the sequence and somehow it connects to our emotions and stuff and then like so music is actually like a really human phenomenon so it's like one of the universal things that binds us all together yeah and this is gonna sound weird but i've noticed there's almost like rhythms to life Mm. you know it's like there's like a rhythm it's like i don't know i I, this is kind of weird but i find this it's like you you meet someone new or you like you have different friends Uh and they kind of have like this certain rhythm to them Yeah, 
Because then, like, she thinks she's supposed to, like, interrupt. But I just, like, I'm just thinking. I'm just, like, trying to work <laughs> out what I'm trying to say next because I want to be clear. Uh, but, like, yeah, that's, like, my rhythm. And Yeah, but that's the thing. Not all rhythms, like, mesh together, you know? Like, yeah. Like, let's say you're going with, like, one rhythm and then someone else has, like, a totally different rhythm. Right. Sometimes they can, like, clash. It's yeah, and they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I've learned, like, because I've always been playing music by myself, but, like, recently I played in a band. As, as you know mm-hmm. uh, and that's like different because you're suddenly synchronizing with other people and they all play a little bit differently and I think that's what it's like yeah like when you're talking about the normal whatever day to day rhythms of people is like when we come together as a group or I don't know have a group project or you work with your coworkers or your family or whatever like yeah everybody has these different rhythms but like you're trying to coordinate them together at least for that moment mm-hmm. uh, and that's really interesting like it actually takes a lot of effort because like if the in music anyways if the things don't sync up it's like very obvious something's out of place um but if in a band say there's like i guess there's six people in my band if five people were in sync and one person made like a little mistake Mm -hmm. they can just kind of come back into sync and like join up with everybody else but if it was like two people or something and one person went off like it'd be a huge like everybody would know yeah everyone yeah like this is pretty interesting, actually. Like, I know exactly what the title of this podcast is now. Like, <laughs> the rhythm of life. Yeah, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but I know, like, actually one question I have for you, Jackie, because sure. I noticed you're, like, really chill, and I feel like you've kind of, you've kind of, like, figured out a good rhythm at this at this point. Like, you seem like you kind of, like, figured out, uh, I don't know, from the outside, okay. it feels like from that. From the outside, it seems like that. But I think everybody's but, always sorting things out. I do think, like, I've, I've got, like, a different grasp on things, and, uh... For some reason, this always reminds me of this quote I remember hearing from Ryan Gosling, because he's like one of my favorite actors, and then he was doing one of these interviews, and he said, yeah, now that I'm 30, I kind of like have a better sense of what I want. <laughs> and then I was like in my 20s, and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, oh, that's what he's talking about. Like, I kind of get it now. Like in my 20s, I was just exploring and sorting things out and trying to like figure out how to live like the way I want to live or what I what's important to me mm-hmm. um, while at the same time there's like all the pressures of the world trying to like strip away certain things so now I've kind of prioritized certain things like music and school and like trying to get a career started that I think I did yeah like I do I'm, I feel like I'm more focused mm-hmm. uh, at a specific stream rather than like trying so many different things so what would you say is the biggest difference between 20-year-old Jackie to 30-year-old Jackie that you've noticed? <laughs> like, did you, when you yeah. turned 30, did you feel like this sudden shift in, in yourself? Like, okay, like, I just feel different. Or, or like, was it gradually? or? Um, it was sort of different. And one of the things that prompted me was I came back to start school again in computer science. And it was just like kind of starting a second life over again. Um, but yeah, the first time I went to university, I had no idea what to come out of it. Like, I didn't plan to have a job or a career. I didn't really apply to any jobs. I kind of like half-heartedly applied to, to grad school afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I went in like sort of blind, I guess. And I, I really loved psychology. I liked the, the interest, but I didn't know how it matched up with the real world and like the job market and all of that stuff. So I think like that's one of the major differences. Um, before I just liked doing things because I liked to do them not because they had any value for other people or that it like meshed up with the world in some way it had some sort of contribution but now 
I find I'm planning more to like integrate into society. Uh, so it's like a little bit of a mix of what I want to do and trying to fit that with what the world might want mm-hmm. and trying to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah, but people do definitely have like a rhythm to them. Like some people are just slower, and then some people are like so high paced. Uh, yeah, like I've noticed that. Like, I think that's like why certain you know like certain people are like oh like, I can't stand that person or like, <laughs> but I feel like it's they just like have different frequencies. Right. You know, yeah. Like, if some guys really high paced and some yeah. guys really slowed down. Yeah. Like it's just like it's incompatible. It's, yeah, it's like an they're not synchronized well. Right. But I feel like you could be like a slow paced guy and like uh-huh. be able to like mesh with somebody who's high, high paced. Right. If you're, <laughs> if you're willing to like, right. you just have to change your frequency. You just have to change your Yeah. Rhythm. Yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's so almost it's like, like, it's like notes. Yeah. It's almost like you're a note. It's like, like sometimes I've noticed. Cause even the same resonance. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like something you can change your frequency. You can change up how, like, how you flow and right. like that way you'll flow into different groups like oh that's know. a good topic to talk about yeah. so we'll, let's go with that so um one thing i've thought about a lot is uh, the whole nature nurture debate but kind of like in a different perspective like if we're talking about these rhythms or these notes and waves and stuff it's like how much can we change and that's one thing that's always like occupied my mind a lot and I feel like I've changed significantly since like my 20s. Mm-hmm. But at the core, I'm still kind of like who I am, just like more refined. And I'm a little bit more flexible. Like I used to be very shy and like I don't talk to people and I would like never have performed in public. I, um, one of my like earliest memories of public speaking was like in grade three or something where I had to stand up in front of the room and talk about pandas. I still remember this. Uh, <laughs> and I was just like so shaky. Yeah. And it's like crazy how shaky I was, uh, and like compared to now, I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna play again. It's like it's my turn, and I just go up there and do my thing, and then like, was, and I feel almost like insignificant at that point because I'm like, I would rather play a bigger show, yeah, because it's like the small ones are not nerve wracking enough, or yeah, because you, you want that same feeling of like, and that's why I think like having a little bit of anxiety is like actually a really good thing. You know, it's like when you're... Yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, well, even a lot, too. Like, whenever you're, like, trying something new, like, uh-huh. let's say you're starting a new podcast or your first time playing music in front of a stage or, like, right. you're going to go, like, I don't know, like, anything. You're going to go, like, ra- like you're going to go race a car. I don't know. Like, something, right, something, like, completely yeah, different. Something completely yeah. different. It's, like, you have that little bit of anxiety to push you and, like, yeah. to tell you, like, this is life. Like, you need... It's like you're reaching out. Whenever uh-huh. you're trying something different, right. of course it's going to, like, be weird. Okay, but I'm going to ask you a question now, which is like, okay. <laughs> I, I think certain people are more flexible and they're willing to try new things and other people aren't. But I'm kind of like wondering what your take is on it. Like how, do you think everybody can sort of maybe do what you're doing or do what I did and start performing and like, um, uh, or is it like there's a limit to how much people can change? Yeah, well, well I, I definitely think that everyone is, everyone can... I think no man is cut from a different cloth. Like, I really believe that what someone can do, you can also do. Right? But at the same time, like, this is what I've really been, like, trying to, like, learn over time is, like, people are actually different, like, fundamentally. Some people are just wired differently. Right. Right? And, like, you could, like, no matter what you do to try and, like, change someone or to help someone or, Mm -hmm. like, just to talk to someone, they will, like, they'll never see it through your lens because they're just wired differently. And then the thing is, they're not necessarily supposed to see it through your lens. Uh-huh. And that's like the beauty of life because yeah. everyone's different. 
Yeah, there's like, like what, 7 billion of us. I think it's projected that there's going to be 11 billion at some point and it'll just kind of stay there. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot of different people. Um, and it's, yeah, it's almost like blasphemous to think that we're, we're all the same somehow. Yeah, and then we're not in like, that's why I think there'll always be like different religions. There'll always be like different opinions, ideas, because we're not supposed to be the same, you know? Like, yeah. there's going to be people like that you really like to spend your time with and mm-hmm. that you don't like spending your time with. Yeah. Like, and that's the beauty of life. It's like you really get to. I think as you get older, the one thing I've noticed is like you just have to like mm-hmm. take conscious control. Of like, like it, it, it's it's now your responsibility to take like control of like where you spend your time, where you spend your focus. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I definitely know. think that's part of growing up. Like, like I said, you kind of have to like prioritize what you want to do and balance out like your survival as well, right? Um, but yeah, yeah like, and the survival aspect is real too. <laughs> yeah, right. <Actually. laughs> Um, but yeah, going back to like how people are different, I actually like have this because especially because I'm in computer science. Different rhythms, different notes. Yeah, there's different rhythms and notes. And then in the from the computer's perspective, is I think of it as we have different operating systems. So we like if you understand some of computer science, the brain is basically a computer. It's just a kind of computer we don't exactly understand how it works yet. Mm-hmm. So we can't like replicate it. But if we think of each person as having a computer in their heads, like a specialized computer, then like what kind of operating system is it running, right? Like we all start with something. It's not completely blank. Mm -hmm. It's some sort of program that we start off with. And, you know, we're in an age where we understand the difference between like Android and iOS and like Windows and Mac and Linux or whatever. But like imagine how many different operating systems we would have if we could, could figure out the different programmings of people. And we all have to work together in like some sense. But some in, in computer science, it's like really common for certain uh, systems just to be incompatible with one another. And I can see that happening with people too. It's just like the way we're programmed. Sometimes it just doesn't jive and sometimes it clicks really well. Yeah, uh, and, and we call it magical things like chemistry or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) or the rhythm of life the rhythm of life yeah I love that it's just the music that we're playing wait so I guess Jackie so how coming back to this rhythm of life idea I love this idea yeah let's do it um like how has it helped you like I know like you're pretty good with people like Mm -hmm. like, how do you mesh with people like so how, how do you right. get your rhythm to synchronize with other people how do you form new friendships or meet new people or step outside of your okay. comfort zone like what do you usually do how, how are you so good at that how do you play music on a stage how do you I think there's like different things actually because playing music on a stage is it's sort of weird because you're sort of doing it by yourself you're not really you're, you're performing and you're giving something to somebody else but it's, it's weird that it's not really a normal kind of interaction so I would say that they're different things, first of all. And then when I meet people, um, nowadays, uh, I'm just, like, more open to it. And I do try to um, do, like, a little bit more of the small talk and try to, like, just reach out to people uh, and see if they're open. Um, one thing I did before, too, is another random thing, is photography, street photography. Oh, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were so good at those photos. <laughs> And then uh, through that, um, 
we actually like one of the sub projects in this in the street photography was to take pictures of people uh, of Calgarians. It's called Ten Thousand Calgarians, and so I had to start talking to strangers. And what I realized from that was, um, like, uh, we have this idea that people hate having their pictures taken. That we everybody wants privacy. That the paparazzi is evil and stuff. But I would say like eighty percent of people I asked were okay with having their picture taken, and that was like a huge eye opener. That we make these assumptions that people don't like certain things or they don't want to be approached for certain things, but that's like all completely wrong. That's just all in our heads. Mm-hmm. And like another one is like, oh, you know how when you're young, you're like, don't talk to strangers. Strangers are dangerous. Like, right. Be careful. But as you get older, you start to realize, okay, I need to like meet people that I don't know. I need uh-huh. to like. That's how you develop, how you grow, how you, let's say you're building a company, right? And you have to yeah. be looking for clients. Right. It's like, you have to call, call the strangers. You have to yeah. talk to the strangers. It's like, you have to be reaching out. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all about that reaching out. Like I do it in smaller ways, which is like, I, I still would like be uh, intimidated by cold calling people, but I started. But you, you still kind of feel weird about it because of that, that like nurturing wiring that we've got, that we get. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, that like, we think it's rude or think it's inappropriate in some way. But I do it in my small ways, which is like, now that I'm back in university, I joined clubs and I started bouldering and stuff. And I work at, like I said, I work at the foothills. And I'll just like try talking to people. And like someone's bouldering and they'll just like ask them for tips and stuff. Um, and I find like most people, again, like I would say about 80% of people are really open to it. Like maybe the 10, 20% just like want their space. But a lot of people just want to connect Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to be the one that reaches out. Um, on the flip side, I've noticed that, I, I don't know, I think less people are actually willing to be the ones who initiate that. And most people just sit back, like, hoping it'll come to them. And I yeah. was one of those people. And I've, I've noticed that, too. Like, nowadays, I feel like with part of this, maybe because of technology, is, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people do want to connect or do want to, like, talk to you, mm-hmm. right? And it's, like, but they won't like they won't make right. their step. Yeah. So it's like you have to talk to them and they're like, oh, like, okay, I, was, I wanted to talk to you. Like, yeah. <laughs> like there's this like, little yeah. mental barrier that's in, like that's blocking them from, from just taking that first step and just say hi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think part of that too is because of like that, that wiring that they think they're not supposed to do it. They yeah. think it's like, oh, it's like wrong to talk to this person that uh-huh. I don't know. Or like, yeah, I'm not really sure what that is, but uh, like, one thing I would boil it down to is like, it is a bit of a risk, but like for me, I find the risk is so minimal now. Like at the very worst, like I would say maybe someone would get angry at me and then I just leave them alone and then it would end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think other people just like don't want to even take that risk because they feel so bad if someone gets mad at them. Um, but yeah, like you have to just take these little risks uh, and most of the time it pays off. And if it doesn't, you have to let it go too. Um, so maybe it does come through practice. Maybe that's like a good point because once I, once you do it more often, you just kind of realize it's not a big deal. But if you don't, then you think like every encounter is like this big giant thing uh, that like you don't want to mess up. But this is like not really like that. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Like, <laughs> I know a good example of this like my public speaking right like yeah. I remember I used to shake and like, I couldn't speak at all like, uh-huh. this was like as I would get up there I would like stutter couldn't speak like it was so quiet yeah. but that was like my little risk like first my little risk was just like standing in front of like 
okay. the audience. Yeah. And then my little risk was like the next big risk was like taking in like saying a couple words. Right. And then you slowly build up your risk until you can do the speech and then over time. And I think that's the same thing with yeah. meshing with people or talking to people. It's like you first like talk to that first person and you don't want to talk to you. Uh-huh. And then you like make your second cold call or your third call or then you go over and talk to this person and then eventually right. you can just like flow. You can just like go like flow through the rhythm of life. You can yeah. just meet someone and be like, hey, <laughs> who are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that hesitation, yeah. like you have to really like break down that hesitation. Uh, one of the, okay, I'll bring more psychology stuff is that when you're a teenager, um, the reason why everybody hates, well, not, not necessarily hates high school, but high school is like sort of different is because when you're a teenager, you, this is when this part of your brain starts developing is you think everyone's looking at you. And that's like when you first start noticing that. That's like when you're younger kids or like, I used to play with my little cousins and stuff. They don't care what the hell they're yeah. doing. <laughs> they <laughs> they're don't just care. So yeah, they're just, ha- just having fun. And then once we get like to our preteens and teens, like we're so conscious of like, oh, if we do this, someone's gonna make fun of me, and like, oh, I'm gonna like get isolated and all of that. Yeah, because you don't want to get ex- excluded from the group. Like I know this is this sounds weird, but one thing I'm, I like I really like crave now that I'm older uh-huh. is like like the little like like the magic the, how it felt like so magical to be a kid you know like everything right. was just brand new like yeah. you look at like a rock and be like whoa yeah. and you would go outside and like see the sun and be like oh the sun and like yeah. everything was just magical to you yeah i think that's something that a lot of like as you grow older you start to lose that yeah do you think like adults kind of let go of that magic because they think like oh well, i've seen everything like there's nothing left to learn but as like if you do like a startup or you do music or you do something and you do it like to like a certain depth you actually understand that there's like this whole other world that you like never seen before and you have to be willing to like go deeper sometimes to do that and uh yeah i think that's like an important thing to do and i think one of the when we go back to that question of like how much did that change from my 20s and i think one of the things is this is that i've let go of this hesitation like when I'm on Facebook or I'm, I'm, you know, texting or something and I see somebody, I'm just like, oh, I'll just say hi. Whereas before I'd be like, oh, I shouldn't probably do that because like they'll be annoyed or they yeah. don't want to talk to me. <laughs> but now I'm just like, oh, hey, what's up? And then I'll just be like, hey, you want to grab some food? Or like, hey, I'm going to this thing. Like, you want to come? And then people will just be like, yes or no. And like, that's fine. Um, but yeah, like that hesitation is gone. You just like... Yeah talk to people yeah and I was I was strange to you about that too and I think part of why you start to open up as you get older mm-hmm. well I think if you're a healthy individual you'll open up some individuals will, will close yeah some will right? close some will but close. I think part of that is you're just like it's it actually might come down to survival you know it's like you survived this many years and you're just like well life is actually pretty hard right and you kind of have like a gratitude towards others like well like you also survived this long too <laughs> it's like and you, it's yeah. just like that like I've noticed that even like for me like let's uh-huh. say like working out or like people who like yeah. like reach a certain level in, in the gym and they're like whoa like I respect it it's like oh you must have worked really hard to do right. that and it's yeah like, yeah you start you know, to understand how much effort people put into their lives mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's yeah it's super cool that like you start to pay attention to these things a bit more because um, life is pretty hard like I've noticed this like Think about this. You have to like pay rent. You have to like learn how. You have to feed yourself. You yeah, have to, you have like, to like schedule society. your life. Yeah. You have to like do well at your job. You, and then like there's the social survival too, which is like you need mm-hmm. friends and then you need support and stuff like that. But the interesting um, thing is like 
like there's a really good book called uh, Emotional Intelligence by Dan Daniel Goleman. Okay. And what he talks about is like people don't realize how many of their thoughts are like on autopilot. Right? Yeah. It's like okay, like e- ego desires, right? It's like the ideas to like make mm-hmm. more money than your peers, to like be better than other people. Right. The compare. Right? Yeah, compare. And then you have like your social like the social mm-hmm. party brain, which is like I need to like communicate, I need to fit into the group, I I need to like survive. Right. Yeah. And then there's like I don't know, like the pressures yeah. of mass media and all these things, and also yeah. like biological things. Like, okay, I'm hungry. Like that person's really attractive. Like, yeah, I'm sleepy. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, a lot of our thoughts are just like those yeah, patterns all. over and over again. Yeah. So, like, what part of our thought is really just right? Like your your own thought, you know? Like, yeah. I guess this is a bit off topic, but no, I think that's that's right. And I'll bring it back to the survival bit, which is what I wanted to say. I remember now is that. Um, when we think of survival, there are two different ways I've realized. And one is to, because uh, like I'm a more independent person, and I feel like you're a more independent person too. But to, to be independent, you have to reach out to make these connections and kind of like float, uh, I don't know, like these, like the, yeah, just to reach out and make these connections and float out into the society. Whereas other people will retreat into their groups because they're safe there and they already have the connections mm-hmm. and they just don't want to lose them. And I think, like, that's one of these maybe rhythms of life is that, like, we, some people will, like, want to branch out because they maybe more, are more individual and they aren't part of, like, one super tight-knit group all the time. Um, whereas other people, I think, tend to retreat. Uh, I know, like, my family is kind of like that, whereas I'm the opposite, which is, like, I've always been very independent. Yeah, and that's, like, the whole idea of... Okay, like, you know, certain relationships, right? Uh-huh. It's like, okay, you meet a girl, and then, like, you and her, you're both, like, very dependent. Right. So it's almost like you're, like, half a person. She's half a person, so it's, like, 0.5 plus 0.5 equals 1, <laughs> right? And so you both need each other, and that's, like, usually uh-huh. those relationships are really toxic. Yeah, yeah, right? like, too much dependence is the bad. Yeah, or the thing is, but the best relationships I've noticed are, like, okay, you're, like, independent. Mm-hmm. She's independent, and then when you come together, it's, like, yeah. 1 plus 1 equals 2. yeah. You know what I mean? But some of them are like, one person's independent, one person's there, and then you're not there. Like Right, yeah, so they like need each other a bit too much. It's funny, because like I was just talking to my, I went to Winnipeg and I visited my cousins, and then like one of my cousins had like a theory about this too, because her, her dad, my uncle, says it's the same thing. So she calls it the cake theory. Mm-hmm. So like each of us should just be a nice, whatever chocolate cake that's all done and all frosted, and like you're just good by yourself. And then having a relationship, she calls it just like the extra sprinkles and like the extra little, you know, yeah. garnish and stuff on top. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I think it's interesting, Jack, that you said that because I've noticed, like, I think as you become more independent, mm-hmm. you do start to reach out and you do start to, but the thing is, if you don't, well, I guess when you stop growing, you like to retreat into your own circles and mm. you don't... I don't know, actually, I wouldn't say like you're not growing anymore, but it's like a different type, which is like either it's just um, like it's a different type of survival. Like that. yeah, it it's is just two methods. And there's a good way. Uh, I'll bring in my computer science terminology. Is there's like breadth first search and depth first search. So when you're searching through like huge amounts of data, like millions, billions of data, there's like two ways to do it is one is like you search the surface first and you go layer by layer mm-hmm. or the other one is you go all the way down to the bottom layer in one path and if you don't find it you go back to the top and then you go down another path 
And I think that's kind of what these two things remind me of is like one is like you either branch out and you try to like connect with a bunch of different people, but you might not have a lot of strong connections. You might have a few, mm -hmm. uh, whereas other people will just like kind of go deeper into the connections they already have and hold them on for longer. And that's kind of how I see it. It's like there's those two. And it's, it's really interesting because once I learned these terms, I was like, I see it everywhere. It's like either you you go deeper into something. Um, or you go broader. Yeah. Right? And I do think it kind of bounces right. back and forth into two phases. Like I went deep into my relationship after, you know, we did that. And then now that I'm out of it, I'm kind of like exploring. And I'm, now I'm doing the breath first thing, which is I'm, I'm exploring and I'm branching out. And I have a feeling once I kind of figure out, you know, the connections that matter to me and like where I want to go in my career, I'm going to like dive deep into that. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're going broader, like you're branching out, I think you're just kind of, you're figuring out what, what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It's like you're searching for what you want. You're kind right. of finding yourself. Yeah. And then as you go deeper, that's when you're really, you're like, actually testing it out seeing it if right. it is for you yeah and you're kind of like honing it and like if you find the right thing then I think you'll stick with it for a long time mm -hmm. or even if you don't like you learn something from it that you carry forward yeah and I think that's one of the ultimate goals I guess for me like mm -hmm. when I think about the, one of the ultimate goals for like human life is to really experience who you truly are and I think that's how you do it like you you have to like push yourself, go broad, you yeah. know, like figure out like who, who is Jackie? Who's, Jer who's Jeremiah? Like figure <laughs> out who you really are. Yeah. And then once you find that, like go deep, go deep into it. Like if you're going right. to like play music, you know, yeah. and, like, like practice, get yeah. good at music, play the right. music. There's like a really good book about this called the, it's like a Hindi text called the Bhagavad Gita. Okay. But this, this like person called our, uh, Krishna talks to this guy, this warrior called Arjuna. Okay. And pretty much what he says is like, okay, if you're going to do something, if you're going to be like play a role in society or like do something then you might as well just like do it don't like sit on the fence right and like wobble like actually just like do it like, yeah, yeah. if you're going to like start a podcast like, yeah create your podcast yes do it just do it don't like hesitate and yeah. like should I do it should I not do it because I think that's really what it com comes right. down to is like hesitation really just it kills you like, it is bad to sit on the fence like how I was talking about how there's two phases right either you go explore or you go and like you dive deep I guess the third one is you just kind of sit in the middle and you like do neither mm -hmm. and then you don't learn new stuff by exploring and you don't like get better at whatever you're doing by going deeper so yeah I do think that's true like yeah and I noticed that like that's a huge problem with social media for me like you can just like sit on social media and just like scroll, 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 right? Right. You're kind of like sitting on the fence or you could like spend that time, you know, building something on social media or like learning. So yeah. you're actually doing something. Yeah. Like, and I think it, that's really when you have to like take conscious control of where you spend your time. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> Go do something. <laughs> yeah. It's good advice. It's like, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Nike. <laughs> um, okay, so ending this off, I want. Actually, I'm not even ending this off. We're gonna keep going. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we have a bunch of stuff yeah, to edit out. Lot, yeah, there's a lot of edits. In <laughs> okay, so next, Jackie, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, what you do for work. Okay. And mm -hmm. if you could explain that, and I'll ask you some questions about that too. So I'm making a mobile app right now for uh, a mental health research group. And I'm part of a project where they're trying to measure something called social functioning. And that's just basically like how social someone is on their day-to-day -day life and track that um, through an app because they found that 
with certain kinds of mental illness that when you're not when you have bad social connections um, or like negative social interactions that their symptoms can get worse mm -hmm. so it's about like monitoring that to hopefully get a better understanding of what will help um, them in the long run and for now it's a pilot study so it's kind of uh, the point is to test whether this kind of app is even useful and that's kind of what's happening so it's pretty kind of new edge stuff uh, because yeah there's not a lot of apps that are medically sound I guess is the way to put it um, there's stuff that sort of like maybe works but um Generally, it's for specific things. Like there's one, like I, like so there's some diabetes apps for some reason, mm -hmm. for example, where they can track like their blood sugar and like connect it to their, and that's like very specific. But when it comes to something like mental health, it's like whoa, like we don't know if it's like good for them or bad for them, or if phones are even like useful at all for that kind of stuff. So it's interesting, yeah, that we're kind of like trying that. Yeah, and I think um, like nowadays mental health, because before it, when you look back in the mental health wasn't really a thing that people covered. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like under the radar. Yeah. But when you look at like now, a lot of the things that would kill us back in the day, we have like solutions to. Yeah. You know, we have medicines too. So one of the things that becomes dangerous is really like your your mental health. Like there's so yeah. much information here. Yeah. There's so much going on that uh, I forget this quote, but a friend of mine told it to me. But it's like sometimes your worst enemy can be your own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. Yeah, it is. Because that's the thing that's always, like, on repeat. It's, like, in, yeah. in you. Um, yeah. But, so, do you think you, people need social, in, like, social connections, interactions? Because I know with me, usually I'll, I'll go between, like, extreme hermit mode <laughs> to extreme social mode. Yeah. But I usually flicker back and forth. Okay. So, I've realized that nowadays you probably need, like, a happy medium in between, but... I guess it depends on the person. Yeah, I think you got his but your rhythms again, right? So it's like <laughs> the rhythm of life. It's like how much of each do you need and how much do you need to bounce back and forth? Uh, I find I do need my personal space, but also because uh, I'm uh, like when I'm at home, I'm on my own, and when I do my homework and stuff, I'm kind of like on my own, anyways. Um, I find like I'm trying to like reach out more, like in this exploring phase that we were talking about. Um, I love that actually sorting and then. Yeah. Death diving yeah so now I'm like my I guess my frequency of switching back and forth is like a little bit higher whereas before I would like prefer to be more by myself and then like only hang out with people like once in a while mm -hmm. uh, so now it's like a little bit different but I do think social in interaction is important um, it depends on like again the type of person you are if you're independent and you can take care of yourself then you don't need to like depend on others as much for say like the usual kind of baseline supports which is like you know financial help and like helping mm -hmm. you uh, you know get food and cooking stuff and all of that and, and like laundry and whatnot right that's like the stuff your parents used to do for you um, but some people like they need that kind of a structure where like you, everybody helps each other out constantly so I think it depends on the person um, but generally I think like you need human connection it's kind of been found that um, the places where people live the longest they're called blue zones um, have certain features and one of the main features is uh, tight social integration so everybody's like always helping each other out and that's like really important yeah so I think it's very valuable okay so in ending Jackie um, I want to thank you for sitting down with me this has been <laughs> awesome that was fun it's good I'm glad and I, I really like that rhythm of life 
uh, yeah. thing that he made up here. <laughs> I think I'm going to write a blog post about that. <laughs> but um, so I guess in, in wrapping Jackie, what message would you want to leave people here with? I would say uh, out of all the things we talked about, the, the thing is really go do something <laughs> is, is kind of the thing I would push the most is that I wouldn't be doing music if I didn't just decide to just start doing open mics. And I wouldn't have a band if I didn't, again, just start doing open mics and going out to things. So there's um, so definitely value to doing that. Is like maybe you don't drop all of your hesitation and like you know take risks that are beyond what you're comfortable with. But I do think it's healthy to take small risks and branch out and you know notice when people might want to talk to you and say hi once in a while, or at least try going to events that where maybe you have shared interests. And I think it's good because then you'll open up your world and. You never know who you're going to meet. Like, I didn't know I was going to meet you, Jeremy. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you, Jackie. Um, yeah, thanks, right. Jeremy. <laughs>